Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Mad Scientist podcast. Today, we decided to do a special episode where I will be interviewing uh, one of my friends, Rob Christofferson, who I have met, I actually met through the Astonishing Research Corps, on Astonishing Legends, and since then we've been uh, kind of working together on some some cool UFO writing stuff. And you know he's a big supporter of the show and just a great guy. He's got some really interesting stories, so I thought this would be a really fun episode, a really fun interview to do. So Rob, say hello to all the people. Hello, people. How are you? <laughs> hello, people. <laughs> Although I think you've been doing podcasts longer than I have, so. Maybe I should be. <laughs> maybe you should be running this thing. I don't know if I'm as as good at. Um, uh, it's it's a learning process. We're learning as we're going along. Right. That's yeah. That's that's what everyone tells me. Like I talk to, it's like talking to Scott and Force, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we're still learning." It's like you guys are still learning. What are you? What? No, you're not. You guys have perfected the craft, man. Like, listen, I'm still learning. I'm doing this with a. You should have seen the the noise the noise cancellation thing I had. I made it with pantyhose and a piece of cardboard and some nickel wire. It was hilarious. Dude, you're like Apollo 13-ing that shit. I'm telling you, I really am. It's going completely ridiculous. Welcome to the Mad Scientist Podcast. Today's episode, an interview with Rob Christofferson. So, Rob, tell us about yourself. Tell us about what you do, your podcasts, and, uh, you know, tell us about yourself, man. Uh, so, I, I live in the, uh, the Adirondack Park of uh, northern New York. I, I don't have the greatest job. I have a pretty mundane job. I do the uh, laundry at a, uh, it's a retirement home, a large retirement home. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, pretty mundane life, but, uh, a lot of weird stuff happens, especially in the town that I live in right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got two podcasts. I do two podcasts. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy, you know, just recording a lot, but, uh, uh, I do a wrestling podcast called the Turnbuckle Bench. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and nice. Uh, basically, the the premise there is we take a series of wrestling and we binge it, and then we we comment on it. So, like, we just watched thirty three WrestleManias and. Uh, recorded about 33 hours of content so if you really want uh, some entertainment (laughs) there's some out there for you that is extreme man holy crap yeah we were ambitious we were really ambitious super (laughs) ambitious jesus 33 wrestlemate dude i you know so it's funny i always see all these like really cool looking wrestling podcasts out there and so i used to like i was really like me and my friends had built a um so first off, there was like a there was a patch of grass right across the street from my house when we grew up. And so we used to go wrestle on that and just like, you know, whatever, like little kid wrestling stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. And uh, and that that resulted in many a a hard turn to heal status <laughs> for some people on the block. You know, 
So, oh man, some of those kids really, dude. And then, but then, like, I had, so I had a couple of friends that were, I had a couple of friends that were like, they were my friends too, but they were kind of like, they didn't live in my neighborhood by, you know, my mom was friends with their mom from like when they were really little. And so, you know, we used to drive over there and I'd hang out with them all the time too. And they had like, some of the older kids in their neighborhood had built like a legit backyard wrestling ring. Oh, right. Damn. And it was like, it was so, I mean, like, you know, we, we were like probably, I think we were probably 10 or 11 when that happened. So obviously we weren't getting in there and like smashing each other with chairs or anything, but it was pretty, pretty badass. Yeah. It definitely, like, it definitely sounds badass. <laughs> yeah. But the thing, like, and it was made with, I think it was probably made with mattresses, which now looking back, I'm like, I can't believe we didn't get bed bugs or, like, <laughs> or something really <laughs> gross, you know, or like, uh, I can't believe I didn't come home with pink eye more often than I did. So, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a good time. There was a lot of fun. And since then, like, actually as, as, um, as I was cleaning up today, so I, I just moved to Minnesota from New Hampshire. I just made the big move finally to start uh, after the PhD is done and everything. So I'm finally back with my cats again, which is just phenomenal. <laughs> and when I was, I was moving books out from, you know, like the you know, storage boxes and whenever when we were moving, I was moving boxes out and two of my favorite books are the ones are two of the books. I think he wrote three that Mick Foley wrote about his career and his time wrestling. Yeah. Those are so there's, amazing. There's um, the first one I think was just called mankind. And then the next one was called Foley is good. And they yeah. were, oh, they're so, they're and then so the, good. They are. He's a, he's a hell of a writer. Just yeah, a really I'm, great writer. I'm telling you, if, you know, one 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 little change over in what his favorite high school class was. It sounds like he could have been a writer. Yeah, for sure. He was super great. Yeah, and so I I used to get I was really into it then, like with with Mick Foley and The Rock and you know Steve Steve Austin and everything. And I think I kind of stopped watching. Did I stop? I guess I stopped watching around that time too. But I've I've been off and on though since then as well. Like my one of my really good friends in college. Him and his buddies used to have like whenever I guess it was Monday night, right? They would watch Raw. Yep. And they would just get plastered and watch wrestling. <laughs> so I'd, I'd often get I'd often get drunken texts from him like, "Man, wrestling is so good. Still, you should check it out." And it's like, ah, oh, dude, I, I don't know the time. I don't know if you know what I mean. But it, yeah, it, it seems a lot of fun though. It's, it definitely seems cool. I should. I should check out some of the wrestling podcasts. If Mick Foley ever did one, I don't know if he does one actually. No, he doesn't do one right now. But like, I think because he just uh, he just did a stint uh, on Raw as their general manager, and he you know he had to step away because he finally had to have hip surgery. So, oh, okay. I mean, it would be perfect for him to do because yeah there are a lot of people a lot of uh former wrestling talent that have podcasts chris jericho steve austin all those guys so yeah i think eventually down the line he needs one yeah i would i would absolutely listen to that honestly with it's so funny i saw the steve austin one and i was i was thinking to myself if it's anything other than him like the noises of him in in steve austin character like straight (laughs) stone cold steve austin if it's not just him drinking beer like i can hear the can crack open and then just a minute of him like gurgling and then it coming back and he's like yeah i think i'll be upset yeah that's really what that's really what i need to hear on my way to work every morning oh oh all the time gets you psyched up for for that for that day job oh yeah that day job anyways all right so 
Yeah, we're we're a wrestling podcast now. Um, that just happened. So tell us about your other one. Uh, we just launched a new podcast called Maddie in Progress, and the guy I co-host the Turnbuckle Bench with, uh, his name is Maddie, and as he likes to say, he's a work in progress. So basically, myself and a friend of his, we basically try to give him dating advice and help him navigate the world of relationships. Nice. So, <laughs> and, nice. uh, that is, yeah, that's probably hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's gotta be real hard for him. So, and right. our first episode just launched and, uh, it's so entertaining. We basically help him build a, an online dating profile. So, uh, yeah, Maddie in progress, check that out. Phenomenal. That sounds good. Yes. Yeah, it's, I can't imagine. I have, I have friends that are now like, I guess, I don't want to say, I don't want to say coming to me for dating advice because that's definitely not what anyone should do. No. <laughs> no. What do you mean, Rob? No. I'm kidding. What do you mean by that, man? I, I, but, I'm <laughs> like I've been married for uh, almost nine years, and I, I every time. <laughs> Every time somebody comes to advice, uh, to get advice from me, I tell them I am the absolute worst person to get advice yeah. from. Well, that's the thing. I, I've been, I mean, me and Katie have been together since high school, right? So it's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, I never really dated, right? Right. And so I kind of just, I kind of just found the, the, you know, the perfect person kind of fell into my trap, I guess. And I got, I got really lucky. <laughs> what, you put so, a trap out there? <laughs> I'm not going to say it wasn't a trap, but... Well, I mean, it depends. How do you define trap, Rob? I mean, really, the thing. Well, the, it's just really funny that you know. I think we both we both feel like we got super lucky just finding the right person, whatever. And so when people come up to, you know, I have friends that are like, "Man, how, you know, how did it happen? Like, what what do you say is the the thing to a long term relationship?" And it's like, just just be extremely lucky. I, I have no idea. You know, I could very well be um, single eating pizza every night and playing video games you know like i i don't know i don't know how it happened but it was very lucky that it did yeah right it's just yeah, you know fate right there it just happens it's, it's fate. so tell us then so okay so this this kind of interview started as an option even because we were talking about weird experiences that we've had or actually i was talking about my lack i guess of weird experiences or not, not really lack necessarily, but sort of my, my personal belief that the anything that would be considered weird that I've had as a, as a kid or whatever was probably just the result of me having a really bad fever, <laughs> <laughs> right? Where, like just really, because I still, you know, I still, and this seems to surprise people. I don't know why. I guess you don't really realize it's sort of that interesting existential question where you don't you don't really realize how different other people perceive the world or have say different experiences of dreams or imagination or whatever you know even the thinking process itself is very specific to every person i feel like despite you know so many philosophers that would would like to think that they're you know built from biology or whatever right it's i I, i've also anyways i've always had very very vivid dreams and i didn't realize that that was different for other people until kind of college, I guess, when I started, you know, sharing a room with someone who, um, you know, would, would be like, you know, I'd wake up and say, you know, man, I had a really weird dream last night. And they were like, well, I, I don't really have dreams, <laughs> you know, or I was surprised. I was surprised when I got to college, even that I, 
I met a friend who doesn't have like is is tone deaf is like literally tone deaf to the point where he can't pick a song out from like a line of songs. Wow. Yeah, which is amazing, right? Right. And so it was like, "What's your favorite song?" And he he was just like, "I don't have one." <laughs> you know, like I just don't have one. Like it's not it's not part of my thing, right? And anyway, so so yeah, a lot of my experiences I've kind of boiled down to say, you know, probably a weird dream or whatever. Or they're they're things that have you know uh, they haven't ever had any kind of I guess effects to me on the point where I've been like, well, maybe it was something weird, right? When you have had some very serious experiences, at least in my in my estimation. Uh, yeah, since uh, since about the age of six or seven, and it's like it, it kind of comes in waves and, and and stuff like that. But the, the the strangest thing I think about it is is like they're so varied. They're not the, you can't easily just lump it in as oh I experience like the the ghostly phenomenon all the time, or I experience the UFO sightings. It's like all of it. <laughs> Right, it kind of all comes comes around and whatever, right? Yeah. So that's I think that's very I think that's very interesting. So obviously we're a show that you know, I mean we're we have scientists in the damn title, right? So mm-hmm. we're very um we're very I suppose I don't want to say clinical because that makes it sound like, you know, I'm investigating you with a with gloves on or something, Rob. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean that that would be weird. Hey, dude, um, uh, w- easy with the touching, okay? Just right, easy. You got, thank God you got gloves on. Thank God I have gloves on, at least. They're nitrile gloves. They're safe to all kinds of kinds. Oh, those are good ones. So, those are... They're really good. They're the best kind. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, you know, I think that there is a, I think there there is a difference between, say, taking someone's sincerely held belief, or maybe I should say, not sincerely held belief necessarily, but more like, so an experience that someone claims that they've had, right? And listening to that experience and hearing about it and learning from it or or just learning about it as opposed to say um you know taking taking it apart versus I guess taking in everything, right? Or believing everything and then using it to move forward. I think there's sort of a difference between and I think this is an important difference and it's really one that people always ask me you know, you're you're a scientific, you have a scientific job. You you've done science, whatever. You're kind of a clinical or or you're not clinical, rational minded person. So why do I have books on my bookshelf that are things like, you know, transcendental magic and crap like that, right? Right. And, and the answer is that it's it's really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's always very interesting things. And where do you draw the line between say philosophy? Right, where you have people say, you know, claiming that there's, you know, the the real world is not the real thing. It's these physical objects aren't really what we're we're living in. What we're living in is within our minds, right? Mm-hmm. Versus say, you know, a someone's someone basically making similar claims but just saying them in a way that is more modernized or more set to kind of I guess the technology of the time. So So anyways, I just want to make it clear to our listeners um, when Rob here is talking about his experiences and stuff, I think it's really great, and I really love hearing about them. And you know, I think we should be respectful. Respectful. Absolutely. I think we should, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's just important. Anyways, go ahead, Rob. So, so from the time you were six or seven, you've had experiences of all kinds, basically. 
Yeah, uh, the the first one I distinctly remember was uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, yeah, around six. Well, it was around six or seven, and. It's around 10 o'clock at night, and I get up, and we live in the top floor of this uh, apartment building, and I'm, I'm just going to the bathroom, just have to go to the bathroom, and my uh, when I come out of my bedroom, uh, I walk right by the set of stairs that you'd walk up to get to the top uh, landing. They'd go, you know, down and out, uh, and like... The apartment we lived in, it was like it was already 100 years old by the time we moved in, and... Mm-hmm. The door hardware was old as crap, and it didn't uh, it didn't like to stay in very well. The door never seemed to stay closed very well. But uh, my downstairs neighbor would always, you know, you know, close the door for us if uh, you know she was coming or going. And uh, walking, I was walking to the bathroom, and I, I looked down. And you could see. Like, the, the lights were off, but you could see down in uh, the hallway light uh, from, like, underneath the door. And you could see the door, like, starting to close really slowly. And I, was, I thought that was weird because you couldn't see a shadow, like, any shadow cast underneath the door. It was just straight light, and it was closing real slowly. I didn't think anything of it. I just mm-hmm. went to the bathroom and then walked back uh, and into bed. <clears throat> and maybe a couple it was a couple minutes later and i could see cuz it was uh, what i saw was it was like darker than like the darkness that's the easiest way to describe it but it was this short like 3 foot tall the only way I could describe it, uh, and I think it may be colored because of how old I was, but it looked like a lawn gnome, like those uh, garden gnomes that you put in <laughs> in your gardens. That's what it looked like to me. And okay. did it, did it have a fishing pole? No, it did not you have, have a fishing pole. <laughs> okay, all right. So not a gnome then. Gnomes are known to carry fishing poles. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Continue. So so it looked so it was a small. Was, so you're saying you're saying you saw it. You kind of saw it like. You're saying you saw the solid object in the shadow. Yes. And it was about three feet tall. And when you say it was, it reminds you of a gnome. Did it have a pointed head or is it yeah, just the height? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah, it just, its head came mm. to a point. And, like, I don't remember anything after that. I just remember going to sleep and then waking up the next morning, opening up presents. Weird. Yeah, it's really, really, really weird. Hmm. Now... So looking looking at it now, so two things kind of stand out to me, right? Number one, how often when I, when I was a kid, I had I used to sleepwalk all the time, mm-hmm. and even now, as an adult, um, I, sleep apnea runs in my family, right? Really bad. We just I don't know why like the mix of Italian and Canadian genes <laughs> make for really shitty sinus passageways, I guess, right? And so anyways, so at nighttime, breathing sometimes for members of my family or whatever, it can be pretty hard. It can be pretty labored. Mm -hmm. And so I know. So, for instance, my dad used to basically for a couple of months before he was officially diagnosed with sleep apnea was like hallucinating an owl at the window at night. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember as a kid being like, shit. It's the aliens. It's <laughs> happened, right? Like, I just remember being because you know the idea that your parent is like 
you know, they're, oh, he's not getting enough oxygen to his brain. It's fine. Right. That didn't cross my mind. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I'm always, I'm always very, I'm always very on the lookout for that. And that's one thing that always strikes me with, say, say, UFO abduction cases where they say, and you're not, you're not claiming that you've been abducted. You're just saying you saw something, but you, mm-hmm. but you don't know either way, really. Right. Um, which is actually even scarier, Robin. I'm very, <laughs> I am very in awe of your of your uh, stones, as they say. Yeah. But, so the thing that I find really interesting, like I like I was saying, was with families that seem to, it seems that abduction runs in families. Right? Yeah. If you look at the, if you look, I guess at the at the, the history of it, it really does seem to run in families, and so I find it, and that's true of a lot of paranormal things though right mm-hmm. you, you see that it kind of runs in families and that partially to me suggests that it has some physiological explanation right yeah so in my family if i mean I, you know I've, we've never really discussed this i guess as a family but in my family i would not be surprised to find out that i had relatives who claim to have seen ghosts or aliens or whatever and it just turns out that they're they don't know that their brain isn't getting enough oxygen right they're just they're snoring really bad they wake up and they misremember, right? So there's, there are times where Katie will even wake me up, and I won't remember the next morning that, like, you know, we had a, whatever, like a minute and a half conversation where she's just like, oh, like, you, you're you snoring really bad. And I was like, oh, yeah, put a pillow under my head, right? <laughs> and then it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm making it sound way worse than it is. But anyways, I'm going to get letters from fans like, go to a doctor. <laughs> I've been to a doctor. Don't worry. My, the, um... <laughs> the the oh what's the word hypochondriacism is also runs runs in my family quite strongly do not worry <laughs> right anyways I, and so I, and i've had uh and i've you know uh, the i've had those kind of hallucinations where you're halfway between sleep and right. uh, and then all of a sudden you get jolted up and there was one time i was just about nodding off and then something woke me up and i just see this hand and this arm just cross over me and then pull back oh, i'm like oh so that's scary. creepy <laughs> yeah I, I as a kid right after i saw jumanji for the first time the first of many times let me say as well <laughs> the i had a dream where i was laying in bed it wasn't a dream i was laying in bed and what i dreamed was that the spiders from Jumanji were crawling up the bed. Oh God. <laughs> and I was kind of halfway between awake and asleep. And so when I, when I woke up, I was like, shit, was that because everything was right in the dream, right? It's one of those ones where it's like, everything is correct. And you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, the Jumanji spiders were here last night. <laughs> I need to find physical evidence. Right? Or even, you know, I'm, uh, I, people always say this to me and I, and I, I've done this too, where you wake up, and you know, so I used to sleep as a as an edgy teenager, like all good edgy teenagers. I slept in the basement of my mom's house, <laughs> where I had all my punk rock posters and my beat up bass guitar and everything. And my band practiced there. So, as an edgy teenager, uh, one time or a couple of times actually, I would get home so tired, and I'd fall asleep right right after school, and then I'd wake up and look at my clock, and it would say six o'clock. But I'm in the basement, so it's dark. And I was, I just immediately assumed, oh shit, I slept all night and I'm late for school. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then you, you know, you get dressed cause all my clothes are in the basement and everything and whatever. And I'm running out the door and it's nighttime and I look like an idiot. <laughs> but, any, so anyways, okay. So you're saying 
you have had those experiences and it's not that it was not one of those sort of experiences in your estimation. Right. Right. Okay. So any, and did anything come from that? Did, did you ever think, did you ever think the connection might've been that it was Christmas, right? Yeah, what you're describing I, sounds like an elf. Like even, right? even when I was young, that's what I assume. Like, Oh, Hey, that's, that's gotta be one of like Santa's elves or something. Right. That's, that's great. Yeah. I want, that's a very interesting, very interesting. The thing that I think is really cool with some of these cases as well is, not to get too off track again, but the thing that I find very fascinating with these is when, so you read books like the Mothman Prophecies or even, even, what was that guy's name in the Mothman Prophecies, the the main abductee, the hell was his name? Um, Woody. Oh Woody yeah, Woodrow Derenberger. Yeah. Right. You read his book, and in his book, a lot of the aliens have, you know, his book is kind of, his book's a little bit out there, let's say that, as as far as possible. But I find it fascinating when, like, Keel points out, John Keel, who wrote the Mothman Prophecies, for those listeners at home, points out that some of them have, some of the aliens that seem to contact people have the same names as other ones that have contacted people on the other side of the country, mm-hmm. right? So I think one that's common is Apple, right? A-P-O-L. Yeah. Apple seems to contact multiple people. So I wonder I wonder if anyone has had have you ever looked into if someone else has had an experience like that where they see I mean those stories of elves or gnomes must come from somewhere, right? The only story that I have ever found that is anywhere close and I the 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 source is questionable, but uh maybe 6 years ago, uh Zach Bagans from uh Ghost Adventures published a book and he talked about how when he was little, he would see what looked like uh I, I think the best way to describe it is that uh uh, that bunny from Donnie Darko and it would be oh, like, okay. and it would be like opening the drawers of his dresser and like looking in stuff. And I'm like, that's just weird. Mm. Like that's weird. But I'm like, I, I, I mean the, the, what happened to me wasn't a, I, it wasn't a repeat thing. It just right, happened once. But, uh, according to him, it was a repeat thing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's, so let's hear more. <laughs> Give me another. <laughs> uh so from there uh the next honest experience i remember having um when i was uh i was like 14 or 15 Hmm. and uh i my sister just moved out of our house i just moved into her bedroom and uh my bed was facing the, the the window and there was one night uh, I, I looked outside and you could see this light and it, what it would do is it blink on and then it would blink off and then it would appear some, uh, in another spot, blink on, blink off, appear in another spot. And it kept doing this for like maybe five minutes. And then all of a sudden I just go to sleep. Like it's no big deal. <laughs> and it was maybe like a, a couple weeks later and uh, like unsolved mysteries was big in my house. We we mm. we watched it every week. And sure, yeah, yeah, mine too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you know, you you were pretty sure that Robert Stack was like dead the whole time that he was hosting that show, like he was a ghost. So, <laughs> um, but are you telling me he wasn't? <laughs> I need to change the format of the show. Then. That's not good. 
<laughs> the whole premise of this damn thing. I know. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I know. I ruined it. <laughs> but I remember there was an episode. It was like a rerun. And I yeah. think they were showing the episode about the uh, Allagash abductions. And, okay. if, and if nobody's familiar with that, I think they took place in Maine. And uh, these four guys, they were in a canoe. Uh, and they were out in the water. And they got abducted by aliens. Uh, they had, like, screen memories put in. So the last thing that they remember is they see this light. And then all of a sudden they're on shore. And they do the whole hypnotic regression and stuff. And they find out that they were abducted. They showed their artist drawings of these aliens and i've never had i never had a reaction to them before but mm-hmm. like after seeing that light that one night i flipped out <laughs> like really? i freaked out yeah when i saw when i saw the pictures uh like the just the drawings of them so freaked me out oh, okay. so that was that was kind of weird but i i i, I just kind of shrugged it off okay. like it was nothing sure so, okay, interesting. So for those that don't know, the drawings of the Allagash abductions are kind of, they're, I mean, I guess they're the kind of the, the classic gray alien, right? With the long yeah. face and the big eyeballs. Some of these drawings, when I was a kid, I actually distinctly remember one of these, now that, now that I've looked them up again to see them, you're describing them. I actually remember seeing this one where it's, there's three aliens in spacesuits kind of looking at so one of them is looking at two naked guys on a bench yep who are sitting there and then the other one is a naked the naked person on the table and i remember as a kid looking at my book on ufo stuff and finding that and thinking that it was um something my mom shouldn't see mm-hmm. so i kind of hid the book for like <laughs> i was like oh this book on aliens is really good oh no what the hell is this oh she's gonna take this thing away from me this is the same mom that like bought me an m&m cd when i was eight or something because she thought the beat was good. <laughs> I don't know any of the words, but the beat is great. Listen to this guy jam, man. Hey, your, wow. your mom sounds to, awesome. What's he saying about his mom? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm telling you. So, oh, all right. So that's really interesting. And so any, any other experiences with those same, so you're saying, so what you're, what you're suggesting or hinting at at least is that potentially the reason you had a, such a strong reaction to this drawing was that you also had experienced something with those kind of being? It, it, it possibly. I've never had like nightmares. I'm one of those people that does not remember dreaming that okay. often. Uh, the last dream I ever remember being like really vivid was this dream that I had with Anne Frank. And I'm not going to get into the details because it got really weird. It was one of those dreams where you felt like you weren't like having a dream. You were talking to somebody. Like having a physical conversation with somebody. Okay. And that was like uh, five years ago. Weird. But, but yeah, like dreams are not something that really, yeah, resonate with me. They they just don't stick around for whatever reason. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. And so what, what about, so you had told, so what was the, you had told me about a very interesting experience that you had had mm-hmm. with one with an with a gray alien basically yeah um it started a couple weeks before that experience i was i was at work um a buddy of my co-worker he's like hey you want to go outside you know he was going out in the smoke break and you know just get some air and uh 
we're just out there, you know, shooting the shit pretty much, and <coughs> uh, it was a clear August day, it was really nice out, and uh, we just start talking, then all of a sudden I look up and I see this object, it's maybe <sighs> less than a thousand feet in the air, it okay. basically, what it, the best way to describe it, it looks spherical, it looked like an egg, and okay. the weird thing was, is like you know, the, it wasn't metallic. It was, it, it had an off-white color, and it was like moving parallel to us. And we're both just staring at it. And then when it makes it to where we are, it turns very slowly. And this thing was moving like really, really slow. And it turns, and uh, it was heading like east. And then all of a sudden it turns and then it just heads north really slowly. It was really weird, but like the, the, I think the weirdest thing about it is I didn't have my cell phone on me at the time to take a picture of it. But if I did have it, I don't <laughs> think I'd want to take a picture of it. I just didn't have the desire to take a picture of it. I'm just like looking at this thing and it's there. And I, I, I don't think it should be. But you didn't, right, but you didn't have the urge or say... Maybe not the urge. You didn't have the conscious thought, oh, I should take a photo. Right. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So, <clears throat> fast forward, uh, a couple weeks later, I'm at work, and, like, uh, I get I get to work early. Uh, it's usually around, like, 4 in the morning. And, you know, I'm in my routine, in my routine, and... Like, uh, the, the building I work in is supposedly haunted, um, on two different floors and well, I've heard, st- <laughs> I've heard stories cause it used to be an old, <laughs> it used to be an old hospital and as any good, listen, as I, okay, this is morbid. Mm-hmm. I always wonder on those ghost shows, why don't they go to more nursing homes? Right. It seems like a no brainer. If right, I mean, I guess, I guess they say that the place where you're going to be, and I don't, I don't want to say this negatively either, because a lot of nursing homes are fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. Like my, I think my mom would honestly love a nursing home. I'll never say that to her face, but if <laughs> if you disguised a nursing home as a cruise ship, yeah, you had to go on the water, really, right? Could just kind of have like a, a buffet. Listen, you put my mom in a nursing home in Florida with a buffet, a pool. And like twenty four hour tech support, <laughs> and she would be in heaven, right? Right, really. I mean, and then it, it's true though. Like same with me, man. I, I think I would, frankly. I mean, I'm sure when I get older, I'm going to be like, fuck that. You know, I want to, I want to still whatever. I'll still be skateboarding and recording my podcast and being a cool guy, right? Yeah. But nah. But when I'm when I'm eighty, I'm sure I will probably need a nursing home because I am not taking great care of my body, Rob. <laughs> Just not taking great care of it. Waiting for the robot body transformation. Um, for science I've been over. praying for that thing for so long it's, now. We're just, we're just waiting. So, anyways, we're very off topic. So, <laughs> okay, so your building is supposedly haunted. You come in at four in the morning. Previously, how how soon the next the the last day before, or just a week or so before? Uh, it's about a week or so. About yeah. a week or so. Okay, and I and I I'll have plenty of questions on that other thing too. I got a whole list of. Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but continue telling your story. So, so 
Yeah, I'm just uh, nobody like where I work is pretty isolated. I don't see a lot of people. Sometimes people come down just to uh, there, there's a door right outside where I am and uh, nobody's there. I'm just folding laundry and stuff like that. And then um, all of a sudden I see out of my peripheral vision this shape and uh, I it, it, it looks humanoid. Uh, it's definitely there. Um, and, you know, I can make out some features. It's not very tall. It's maybe three and a half, four feet tall. Hmm. It's got, uh, this really weird, like, creamy colored skin. And uh, at least what I, uh, what I presume to be skin. And it, (laughs) and it looks like it's wearing an outfit. Like, uh, the, the, they described them wearing, like, blue coveralls all the time, and that's what it looked like it was wearing. And I turned for a second, and I saw this thing for maybe half a second. And those freaking eyes, I will never forget, because they scared the, they scared the shit right out of me. <laughs> like, okay. I ran outside when that happened. It freaked me out. Okay, so describe, so, okay, describe the eye. So, for, okay. So what you saw then, you would, and how big were the eyes? Describe this thing a little bit in more detail. You're, you're saying it was two and a half to three feet tall. Uh, more three to three and a half. Like it, it wasn't. Okay. <clears throat> but like, so it was small, but not not like. Um, so it was it was like the size of a toddler. Let's yeah. Say. Toddler to to whatever. Yeah. Short third grader. Yeah. Okay. So. It's about that size. How heavy would you say it was? Oh, that thing had to be... It had to be light because it didn't look like it had, like, muscle mass to it almost. It didn't have any muscle mass. Okay. So, and it and it looked like it had, you said, creamy colored skin. Yeah, it, like, a, definitely, like, a creamy, chalky colored skin. Did you notice any... Any hair, any follicles, any any pores? No, this thing was Nothing. hairless. So, and, and the skin itself, what, I'm, what I mean by the, the follicles or the... The skin itself, did it look like it had texture, or did it look like it was sort of a single material? Honestly, it looked like it had a rough texture to it. Like, if I went to touch it, it looked like it would have, like, rough touching skin. Okay, so almost so almost kind of like an eggshell. Yeah. I don't want to keep going back to the, right. the egg thing a lot here. But, but I, yeah, I know what you're getting like at. It, kind of like an eggshell or like a, or like a painted wall. Mm-hmm. Kind of a... But a little bit rougher than that, say. Did it have any dimples, any, like, raised edges, or it was just smooth? Uh, it was pretty smooth, honestly. Pretty smooth. Okay. And you, I mean, you only saw it for a half of a second, right? So, mm-hmm. the thing, I mean, this is always, I think, fascinating with, um, this is the thing that's really hard with. So, full disclosure, Marie and I are working on a, and I don't know if I should even say this on the air yet, or Marie will kill me. We're working on a, a longer series of episodes that'll be almost like, I guess, like a, a long-term story arc, mm-hmm. right? And we'll probably release them separately from the main show. And so what we're thinking of doing is is putting them out kind of over time or something, and we're not really sure how it'll go, but it's based off of a, a not very well-known but really complicated and complex series of abductions and alien experiences in a in a town in a northern town in in america and it's real when i say it's not detailed at all it is like i'm I'm talking like maybe two or three websites have even talked about it at all 
And the reason is that, frankly, the UFO, I don't want to say establishment, like big UFO or whatever, but the kind of the UFOlogy community or UFOlogy. How do you say that, Rob? Ufology. Ufology. I should have known that. I watch a lot of like I've been reading about this stuff forever, and it's like one of those words. It's like Euler. There's this mathematician whose name is E-U-L-E-R, and half of your math department will say Euler, and the other half will say Euler, and (laughs) you'd never know how to actually say it. And so on your first day of teaching differential equations or advanced math or something, you're like, well, now I have to pick one. And I guess I'm committing to this. <laughs> this is how my all of my students will say it this way until they come to another class and someone's like, you don't say it like Euler, you say it like Euler. Anyways, the story is very not well. It's not very well known. And the reason is that the the person came to be known as something of a kook kind of in his later life. Mm-hmm. But, but really, and the reason that we're doing it is more because of how interesting his tra- his, his story is, right? It's. It's kind of a very just I just think I find this person fascinating. And so we're probably not going to have any real info about aliens or anything in it, but it'll be really interesting and fun. I hope it sounds like a good time. I, I can't we'll do, wait to listen to it. You know? And we'll do a lot of science. We'll, we'll talk a lot of science. Don't worry, fans of the science part of the Mad Scientist podcast. But the the thing that I always think is really important in, in any of these cases or any of these experiencing or experiencer phenomena kind of things is just how just how bad people are at remembering things yeah right i mean you always said see those videos on youtube where it's you know you you watch and they're like okay look look for whatever right or you know just oh just watch this video and then afterwards there'll be a quiz and so you're watching like people jumping on a trampoline or something and then at the end it's like did you notice the elephant walking in the background and you never do and the elephant is always right there and you're like oh crap Right. So there's or even I saw one where it showed like a quick video of a crime. And then afterwards it was like, OK, well, describe the assailant. And, and like I, I couldn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he was wearing a red shirt. And like instead he actually had red pants on or something. You know what I mean? There's there's just all these discrepancies you make. But so anyway, so if I'm asking like very hard questions, if you don't know, mm-hmm. just say I don't know. Right? right. Um, I mean, I mean, you know that anyways, but. The other point that I was trying to get to was the idea of leading questions. Right. right? So when I first, when you first told me this, I think one of the first questions I asked you was, did it, did you, did you notice a smell? Right. Yeah. Right. And the reason is that you can tell our noses are a lot more fine tuned to chemicals than people realize. Mm -hmm. And so there's really like a lot of info you can get from the smell around say even like even like a chemical spill or something right if it smells sweet it's probably an aromatic hydrocarbon if it's you know know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different kind of chemical things you can rule out just by smell Mm -hmm. and not that you should be smelling chemicals anyways frankly usually (laughs) i work i work in a laundry room we have plenty of chemicals to smell (laughs) (laughs) right right you have plenty of things but but anyways but when i asked you that afterwards i was like shit i like if even now with the skin thing, right? It's like, if you hadn't thought of that before and now I told you, right? Now you're thinking, you're thinking about it and maybe we've just introduced um, an incorrectness. Do you know what I mean? Or a, right, right. It's made out to you at the time, then why am I prying about it? Or why am I injecting a possibility where the possibility before 
um, wouldn't even have been there, you know? And I'm always struck. So in part of this, part of the quest for this uh, story was actually us reaching out to people who consider themselves, ex- considered themselves experiencers in the area mm-hmm. where this bigger story took place. And in my first interview, I like completely have to throw away because, and we're probably not going to do that many of them, frankly, anymore, because I'm so, I'm really bad at them. I lead people. And I don't mean to, you know what I mean? Right. But it's a, it's a very hard thing. And it's something that I think is not usually, it's something, you know, for my, for the listeners, it's something as simple as interjecting something like, well, what was the texture of the skin? Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's something as simple as that, because that actually cuts off a lot of possible evidence that is really there that we're no longer considering. Right. right. Anyway, so you, so those are the, kind of so those are those are those are scary man i'm I'm scared rob i'm scared for you bro um that's the thing i've never been scared i've never honestly been scared and like here's the thing in in the town that i live in this town is like really strange because um i live uh to give you kind of uh idea of where i live i live about 20 miles from Lake Placid and people know Lake Placid is where the miracle on ice uh, occurred. And they believe me, they, they, uh, it's, it's a tourist trap now, (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not really that bad, but it's a very touristy town now. Okay. But I live, yeah, I live about two towns over. And the thing about the town I live in is, uh, it used to be kind of, it, 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 it was a job center. We had okay. we had a factory. It ended up shutting down, um, you know, because uh, it's easier to it's cheaper to do right. it overseas. <laughs> right, right. Because, you know, uh, mill mill towns yeah. and whatnot. What have yeah. you? Yeah. OK, sure. Um, and uh, we've uh, over the last uh, 10 years, we probably lost like half our population. So, wow, okay. so we're down to about like maybe 4,500 people in this town, but mm. like nobody really wants to do anything to like bring anything to this town. It's a town that keeps to itself really. Sure. Uh, but uh, I've had so many strange experiences in this town and, uh, the object that I saw, I, I, I believe it to be this object that I've been seeing since I moved here. And, and I haven't seen it in, mm. ever since it happened. But for a long time, <clears throat> and I thought it was like a drone or something like that. But you could see this one stationary light. It didn't blink. It usually flew low, and it flew very slowly. It just just on a path, and um, mm. for a long time, and everybody's like seen this thing. You know this this light like all through town. You can talk to so many people and they're like, yeah, I've seen that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, and I don't put out, you know, that it couldn't be like military technology because, um, I mean, we don't have a base, uh, up around here that an air base that I can think of anymore, but you will see military planes flying over here, uh, like doing their cat and mouse games where they drop flares and, you know, Mm -hmm. chase each other and stuff like that. So, yeah, this town's really weird. <laughs> that is, that's really interesting. Yeah. Thing, so, the thing with the egg-shaped crafts, right? Mm-hmm. 
You said it was... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You said that it was egg-shaped. Yeah. And that it was a thousand feet high. How could you judge the height? I, you know, I, I was just trying to guess in relative, because there's a house, like, right there. I was trying to guess relative distance, and, like, the best that I could come up with was, like, under a thousand feet, because it didn't seem all that high in the air. So, like, that number could be completely wrong. Okay. So, okay, anyways. Where, hmm. I wonder if I can actually guess. Okay, this will be weird. This will be interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we can actually guess where. Hold on a second here. Hold on a second here, Rob. <laughs> hold on one second here. So, interestingly. Hmm. So, egg-shaped crafts have been seen. So, the thing with the egg-shaped craft, I actually remember there was a pretty famous case of an egg-shaped craft. I don't remember what, I don't remember where it happened exactly. It happened in, because I I think I know the one you're talking about, it happened in Socorro, New Mexico. Socorro, New Mexico, yes, and it 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 left, it left, uh, footmarks, right, in the sand? Yeah, uh, it was seen by a police officer, his name was Lonnie Zamora. Yes, that is exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, God, Lonnie, the Lonnie Zamora one is so famous. How did I not know the I name? Ca- I feel bad <laughs> for Lonnie Zamora, though, because because of that experience, he basically was ridiculed so bad that he he uh, retired from the police force. Yeah, that's pretty, you know, and that's that's a part of this, too. So first off, before we go back to the egg, before we go back to our, our theme tonight, egg things. Egg things. The, um, <laughs> the thing about, say, UFO sightings and people that claim to have experienced things is... I always think, why why would you want to be someone that experiences this, right? Mm-hmm. Number one, it's I I think if I ever experienced something, I'd be terrified, right? And I you know I I remember as a kid actually being like, all right, aliens, if you abduct me, I'll probably pee my pants. <laughs> Better not do it. I'm not going to give you very good info. You know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those stupid little kid things, but it's still even today. I'm like, I don't think I'd be a very good abductee because I'd be too terrified to do anything. You know what I mean? I just feel like, um, yeah. crap. Holy I, know, crap. I know what you mean. Because, um, I, I, you know, over the course of, like, being interested in UFO research, like, the one thing that they have, <laughs> they have narrowed down uh, that I've seen in research is that there are certain types of people that are more prone to being abducted, and they are people who have red hair and green eyes. <laughs> Right? And that's really, and that's the thing is that that's so interesting mm-hmm. that, but again, if we were picking, say, if we were picking a type of animal to do testing on, right? Mm-hmm. We would probably, actually, I don't know if this is true. I should ask Katie this. I would think that we would want, as a baseline, the closest as possible, say, genetic information mm-hmm. right at the beginning. 
and then over time to expand it out. Like I think it's different for different things. If you're testing medical things, then obviously you want a large a large pool of potential um, DNA or whatever to test different effects, right? But but I find that I find that very interesting. That that yeah, they are. It tends. It does seem again to tend to run families. It seems to tend to run in certain traits, like you said, red hair, green eyes, things like that. But at the same time, it also seems to be spread out and kind of random. You yeah. know, some people, it seems, are abducted once. Other people are abducted multiple times during their lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And so have you ever had. So, the sh- OK, the, the, this craft that you claim to see consistently. That's this egg one, right? This egg-shaped craft? Like, or is it a, a the only craft? time I've ever seen, like, the shape of it was during the day. Every other time, you'd, it, it, you'd just see this one light, because it was always at night. you just see lights. Yep. Okay. And what did the lights describe the lights? It was just, like, a really... It, it was either white or it was red. And it, okay. it didn't blink on or off. It was just a stationary light. And it would just move really, really slowly across the sky. Interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. So one thing I don't you know this is this is one of my favorite topics honestly with the UFO phenomena is the I almost want to say the I think one really common thing so you know obviously Rob you know my feelings on um you know UFOs and aliens and whatever and you know generally it's kind of a it is a healthy dose of skepticism with a hope that something interesting is going on yeah absolutely right? I would love I would love if something cool and weird and, and science fiction was really happening, but you know, show me the show, you know, show me a Bigfoot body, Rob. Yeah, exactly. Body. Exactly. <laughs> and then that's kind of the challenge though, is that it's it's kind of that thing where you're trying to prove the existence of something as opposed to it's it's non existence. So it's always easier to prove non existence than existence. And it's always interesting to see how people adapt their theories to uh, however, you know, whatever, you know, skeptic, you know, skepticism that you have. Well, that's and that's what I was just going to say, actually, yeah. was what I really like is looking back. I think the cases to me that are the most compelling are the ones that have have technology or have. So there's this idea that. Anything paranormal, and this is a very common, I almost think it's a cop-out. I think it's a very easy and kind of, what's the word, ad hoc kind of argument for, you know, discounting inconsistencies in UFO stories or whatever, any paranormal story, which is this idea that they make you see what they want you to see, Mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of that argument, it's kind of the same, I mean, it is the same argument that Descartes made, right? Yeah. That, That Descartes made where... You know, if if you can't trust your senses, then the only thing you can be sure of is that you exist. And that's not very helpful if you're looking for aliens. Right. Unless you're an alien, right? <laughs> right. In which case, congratulations. <laughs> but, um, and give me a call, please. But the the thing with or the, the so the cases that I find the most compelling are the ones where the technology is so advanced. And, you know, they're just you, you just read these stories where people are like, well, I don't I have no idea what the hell they were doing. Right. right. All I can say is that, you know, all I, I can guess if you want me to guess, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I, you know, I, I always find it funny with in Woody's book, when Woody Dareberger's book, he talks about going to Lanulos, the alien's planet. And he talks about seeing the trip happening on a old school, like a tube TV set. Yeah. Right. 
And it's just like a little bit smaller. And I think he even says it's like in black and white and stuff. And yeah. it's like, oh, that's adorable. Right. You know, like, <laughs> it's <man>. picturesque. <laughs> so cute. You know, and it's and it's the same thing. Like if if we look at UFO cases from 20 years ago, they were not talking about, say, electronics that were the size of a cell phone even. Mm-hmm. Right. But now I bet if you looked at some at some current abduction cases, which actually I feel like I haven't seen that many current ones, uh, but maybe just because they haven't been publicized yet. But I, I wonder if, you know, so I think the ones that are the most compelling for me are the ones that stand the test of time, right? Mm-hmm. That they did something. I don't know what happened. You know, I I don't know. I don't know. I was I was knocked out and then I was on a bench and, and whatever, tested on somehow, and then I was sent home, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, but I actually think it's very interesting that you mentioned that the sh- the craft itself wasn't metallic. It seemed to be a white a white material of some kind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When we send things into space, we don't use metal on the outside because metal conducts heat really well, and it's super hot, leaving the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So you want something that doesn't. It doesn't take in heat. It's heat resistant, right? Right. And so the outside covering of spaceships and things are like polymer composites and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're plastic, basically, or they're, they're, you know, different minerals and things like that. And so I always find, so I actually find that part of it, part of your story compelling, very compelling. But at the same time, I, I wonder if I'm putting it in that context because of where I sit, you know what I mean? Of the time period that we're in now, where I know about things like polymers, right? Mm-hmm. And in 30 years, maybe we'll look back and, and be like, oh, crap, it, it wasn't a polymer. Maybe it was a, I don't know, super ceramic or something, right? Or a, I don't know. So, yeah, I find it. So, so okay. So those were your, those were three good ones. You've had others, though, right? Yeah, I've had, oh, man, I've had, uh, I've got great, great ghost stories, man. Uh, I've had the ghost stories. You've been, you have been telling me about how good this ghost story is. For a long time now, Rob. <laughs> for, for a while now. And we've, we've yet... I keep, I keep like... I'm like, okay, don't ask him. Wait for the show. Wait for the show. Let's hear the ghost story. Okay, so uh, I've been doing uh, paranormal investigations for uh, it's better part of eight years. Uh, I've been with a group called the Adirondack Society for Paranormal Research. We do zero research and our... Uh, w- our most of our members are not in the Adirondack Park, so it's so misleading. But uh, we we still get out there. <laughs> we are we are the New Mexico Crocheting Club, but we actually hunt for ghosts in upstate New York. That's absolutely correct. Nice. Okay. So okay, that's cool. That's cool though. So as maybe uh, uh, six or seven years ago. We had taken on a few new members, and we were like, uh, usually you initiate them in, or at least in our group, in a cemetery because, you know, some some you get activity in, some you don't. Um, okay. So we were looking for this one area where supposedly this guy had brutally murdered his wife and child and dragged their bodies through a field. And I I don't know the full legend of this because I'm not from the area, but everybody apparently knows it. And supposedly you can see the spirit of the man dragging the bodies and all that stuff and all that crazy crap. Okay. So we're on this back road 
and because it's supposedly located near a cemetery. Well, we don't find a cemetery, but we find a different cemetery. Uh, it's, oh, good. Yeah. So, you know, when in doubt, a cemetery will pop up. <laughs> cemetery Road is very convenient. Yes. It's just, just super great. Okay. So uh, we get to the cemetery called Maple Ridge Cemetery. We pull in. Yeah. And like it, it's a, it's just like a big field. It's like two football fields, like put together. And like, okay. there's like a football field itself before you get to like headstones. But like the thing is, and the thing about it is, like every every headstone in here isn't uh, doesn't have a death before 1970, so it's relatively new. Okay. And we weren't we weren't sure what we were gonna get, so we uh, we get out. And uh, I have to bring up this point. Uh, well, the uh, our our fearless leader was driving a red Pontiac Sunfire. This will come up oh, later. Okay. And so we get out, we get our equipment, and we turn on our meters, and then bam! All of a sudden, they just start going wonky. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is like you're you're out in the you're really out in the middle of nowhere. There's no electricity out here. There's nothing really that. I could think of that would that would be setting them off. Mm-hmm. So we didn't think anything really of it. We were just like, oh, that's that's just weird, which is really stupid because if you're a paranormal investigator, you want to investigate that. Hey, your right. meters are going off. You might want to check that out. <laughs> so we ignored it. And we're like, okay. So we split up uh, and we 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 went with new, you know, each of us took <laughs> one new person. We're like, okay, we're going to go here. We're going to do this. Show them the ropes. Oh, you did the Scooby Doo. You never do the Scooby Doo, man. I know, man. But you never break up. But the thing is, it's like it, I, I, you could you could yell to them. You know, you could yell oh, to okay, someone. Sure. <laughs> no, no problem. Okay. Listen, there's always a reason to Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> always break that. This damn kid. Okay. So, yeah, uh, we're we're all going through the cemetery. We're getting nothing. There is nothing. Uh So one team goes back to the car. They have one of their meters on. It starts going off again. (laughs) That's weird. Do you think they'd investigate it? No. No, they wouldn't. (laughs) So um, they, uh, they head on back out. And then uh, the guy that I'm investigating with, we head back to the car. What do you know? We get stuff there, and we decide to investigate it. <laughs> Only took there three tries. Okay. <laughs> All right, there we go. There comes the charm. So, you know, we got our we got our meters there. We're, we're holding them, and uh, man, they're going off. They're going off, and then bam, it stops. Well, that's kind of weird. We start walking forward around the car. Oh, it's going off again. Stops. And we keep tracing this circle around the car. And it just keeps going, keeps going. You can do the same thing. Meter lights up and then goes away. Move forward. There it is again. So we had uh, a new piece of equipment. We had the spirit box that night. And uh, spirit box, basically what it does is it scans. It's It's a tiny box tiny like radio and it scans am fm frequencies and supposedly through the white noise you get uh answers to questions you know if you ask them so we busted out and i had a uh voice recorder and i put it like 
a little further away because you know you put it too close and you can't hear anything so we start asking questions we you know ask this spirit what its name is and we asked this question three different times, you know, uh, separated, uh, you know, by minutes each time, because every time it says its name, we can't really make it out because, like, realistically, listening on a spirit box outside is not the best thing. You <laughs> It's easier okay. to hear it inside. Or if you have, like, headphones, even better. But, um... We got its name, and we could tell uh, it was giving us the same answer every time we asked it. So we uh, we just kept asking questions. Supposedly, this person was involved in a war, and just a bunch of other non like important questions. Like the the questions weren't even that great, but mm. just kept getting its name. So, um. Uh, the other team comes over, we shoo them away because we don't want them to ruin anything. And, uh, basically, you know, we just, we keep following this thing around the car and, you know, we wrap up. Uh, that was the only thing that happened to us, uh, there and, uh, decided to next day, listen to the voice recorder and over and over again, we keep getting that this guy's name is Jeff. Uh, keep saying Jeff, 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 Jeff. And, um, you know, shared the information with the group. Hey, that's cool. Spirit's name is Jeff. You don't really think anything of it because it's like, well, it's one isolated incident. Okay. So, uh, it's maybe like four months later, uh, our group usually does this festival that they have, uh, in Boonville. I don't even remember what the f- name of the festival is because we haven't done it in a couple years, but uh, we set up a table and, you know, you try to drum up investigations and stuff like that. And you, we, we were in, if anybody, you know, if the listeners have watched the, the show Haunted Collector, uh, the, the place that we were in is featured on that. Uh, it's called the Don't Halbert House. Get me started on a Honda collector. <laughs> I, I I know I know. Here's Start. the thing though. I've I have met and I've investigated with John Zaffis. He's a real nice guy. <laughs> okay, don't get me started though. Don't get don't. We're not I, I know that show is incredibly ridiculous, and I, and I'm I'm sugarcoating it because I should be <laughs> using worse words than that. So yes, we're. <laughs> oh oh no, Grandma! This. Your your box of money is haunted. Yeah. I need to bring it to my house. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Like here's right, the thing. You. Here's the thing. I'm assuming they pitched this. That Sci-Fi Channel pitched this thing to John's office. Hey, you go into this place. You take antiques. <laughs> right, right. Listen, we need an antique show. We need an antique show. What are we gonna do? No, Bigfoot running in the teak store is never going to work. Uh, I don't know. Jersey Devil motorcycles. Right. No, it's not, not catchy enough. Oh, Haunted Collector! Haunted Collector! Damn it! Damn it, Phil, you're a genius! Yeah. Get me a ghost guy. <laughs> and, like, yeah, they're totally, like, uh, capitalizing on the fact that the man has a museum filled with haunted artifacts. Right! Right. Right. Oh, my goodness. All right. Anyways. So uh, we're doing this. Yeah, this thing. And uh, our team leader pulls me aside. He says, hey, you remember Jeff? I'm like, yeah, I remember Jeff. So I remember the spirit Jeff. I was like, well, we know who Jeff is. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, 
Well, we started asking around town. He's like, hey, do you know anybody named Jeff? Uh, and they were talking about where we were, and they're like, oh, yeah, Jeff so-and-so. Yeah. He, uh, he hung himself at the end of the road. I'm like, what? And uh, they, uh, they continued asking questions, and they said, do you know why he'd be, uh, why he'd be interested in a red Pontiac uh, uh, Firebird or whatever, uh, Sunfire? And he, yeah. uh, he goes, yeah, his daughter had one. Same exact color. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just a, just a sad, sad story. Sad. Yeah, oh, man, that was a lot. For some, the whole time I was like, oh, he's got it. This is going to be a great. I, for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, whenever people tell me I have a really great story about a ghost or whatever, I always expect to end up in something like funny. Right. For some, whenever someone tells me that they have a funny, like a good story to tell me, I always expect it to be funny. That one was just sad, man. I could I could lighten it up with a funny one. I, no, it's fine. I fully yeah, that'd be great. I fully expected I fully expected something like like the sandbox would be like, my name is Pontiac <laughs> Sunfire. <laughs> Give me gas, right? I expected something great. So the thing, so those spirit boxes. One of my dreams has always been like, and this was I was gonna make it a Patreon reward even like, or one of my Patreon goals was I always wanted so the. I always wanted the podcast to eventually go into video stuff as well, like doing experiments and especially like, I don't know about like ghost, ghost investigations maybe, but like, like that spirit box, right? I've always wanted to just buy one and kind of break it apart and see what the hell's going on in there, right? See, see what it actually does and see if, say, you could get it to go off and you could control the words that it says by changing, um, like the frequencies of uh static or not static necessarily but you know see how see how accurate it can be right mm-hmm. if you put it in testable conditions would it consistently give the same result if you put it in like if you force it basically to output a signal could you input a certain signal every time and get the same result out or is it really just so because if that's the case then potentially it is actually measuring something physical right versus if it's just a um you know a random noise generator or something then it's it's just picking up background noise and it picks because from my understanding or at least uh, some of the ones that i've seen online they pick from a set number of words yeah uh, right? those are uh, those are a little different than the ones that than the one we have like sure 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 well, yeah, but, you know, I, so I always, I always think it's kind of funny though. It's like, like you know, you give the ghost, <laughs> you know, you have ten, you have ten words. You have, to, you have to, you're reaching across from the dark divide. You know, you're, you're here, you are reaching across this mortal plane, and we gave you twenty words. You know, yeah, right? No, no connectors, no, uh, no grammar to work with, just nouns. Yeah, I think, um, I think my favorite part though is like. When they uh, when the ghost adventures guys do it and like the ghosts swear at them, that's so great. <laughs> right? It's like, why would you program in the world? You know, but but bollocks, oh, a fancy English ghost, right? Yeah, it doesn't make any damn sense. Like, what what are you doing? Right, that ghost. Oh, oh boy. All right, that's interesting, man. So so you, hmm. see, yeah, I really, I just really want to get in there. So I don't, I don't know enough about. What I would say, one one thing that we've always touched on on the show is the 
materialization of, or materialization is the wrong word. The, no, I guess materialization is the right phrase I want. Changing ghosts, changing the spirit or this, you know, because kind of ghosts are kind of, in my estimation at least, ghosts are a, a really easy, like light kind of popular way for spiritualism to be part of people's lives, mm-hmm. right? You can be non-religious, non-dogmatic, whatever, but still believe in ghosts, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of one of those, it's sort of one of those, I don't want to say leftovers, because that suggests that, they, that you know, we'll never find ghosts and it's just a whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of an interesting, I think, holdover from a time when our world was a more we, a more magical place. We didn't know as much about science, and so we ascribed a lot to spirits or demons or whatever. And one thing that's really interesting with the with this is the the use of science, you know, pseudo scientific or near scientific tools without controls or without um, without real experimental planning, say, but using measuring devices to try to get some idea, get some info about a ghostly phenomena, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, cha- it's, it's turning ghosts, in my opinion at least, into something less than what they used to be, right? Where if it's, it's sort of the idea, the same idea of if, you know, nature seems more magical, the world seems more magical when you can't categorize and measure every aspect of it, right? Yeah. It's a lot scarier looking at a pond or a body of water and not knowing how deep it is. And once you get, you know, you, you stick this, the pole down and it's 10 feet deep and you're like, crap, I could swim that. <laughs> you know, that's not deep. <laughs> right. I've been pools deeper than that. And, you know, it, so I think in many ways, this idea of measuring, you know, oh, we're getting, uh, you know, EMF readings of the ghosts. Well, that suggests then that ghosts are just like, does that? What does that suggest about our spirit, about our soul, about our, right? Is our soul then just electrons? Is it right? There's, you lose something of this idea of, and I think you note, I think it's noted too in, or it's, I've at least noticed it in say the way that we talk about ghosts as well. In some cases, we still talk about ghosts as being like, like kind of in your story, you described this guy, Jeff as coming to the car because he still had some sentience, right? He still had some consciousness right? of, oh, he's drawn to the car because his daughter had the same kind of car. Mm-hmm. Whereas in some other cases, people will make the claim like, well, ghosts are just an imprint. They're just a, a holdover or something. Some un, un, currently unmeasurable, but, you know, natural phenomena, right? Right. And it, <clears throat> it's the difference between thunder being God clapping <laughs> thunder being, um, you know, high pressure converting to low pressure, you know? Yeah. Uh, or whatever, whatever it actually is. I should have known what cloud with thunder was. You're the scientist. What, what? I know, but I'm not a weather, I'm not a weather guy. Yeah, but really y- y- do you know any weather people at all? Uh, I think I probably, I probably do. I definitely know some mathematicians who work on weather modeling. Mm. That much I definitely know, mm. but I don't know any... I don't know any like uh, meteorologists. If that's what you're asking, Rob, we don't all hang out together. Are you sure? I thought okay. you guys just like hung together, you know, Oops. and like I, I assume that's what you know uh, the uh, 
like you know like a friars club you know i thought that they were all that like that kind of thing you know like uh like freemasonry i thought you all just like got together there and you and you had all your conspiracies and stuff that you were putting in the world science or scientists are far too awkward <laughs> for a conspiracy to ever happen if you if, if you can get if like i mean that's not true i know a lot of really great personable scientists that are really great in a crowd and everything but yeah i, I always find that really funny like you mean to tell me that Scientists control the world, but half of us can't get grant money. Yeah, right. What the hell are we doing wrong? That's so stupid. It's the worst, the worst method of control ever. Yeah. Anyways, man. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I had a really great time talking to you. Thank you for telling us your story. Mm-hmm. And I hope we can have you on again. And then that'll be, you know, that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Hell yeah. So everyone listening, this has been Rob Christofferson. He has a story blog, a themed one, coming out about the 70th anniversary of the Roswell UFO crash, titled It Came From the Sky. It will actually have a story by yours truly about, well, I only have 850 words written so far, Rob. That's okay. I'm about 1,000 right now, so you're fine. So the person putting it together, I'm only 200 away. That's phenomenal. (laughs) Basically about, no, about my, actually, I think, what I'll be talking about is this idea of what people describe UFOs as being changing with the times, changing with the science that they know at the time and how, how interesting that can be and kind of making some predictions about what technologies from our position now might we actually expect to see as part of a UFO someday. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it's going to be really interesting and there's a lot of really good writers on this. It's, it's going to be a gr- it's going to be a great thing. I'm really excited for it to come out, and it should be coming out sometime in the late summer or early fall, right? Uh, we're shooting for uh, beginning of July. Beginning of July. Yeah. All right, so really soon then. So that's great. Yep. And Rob can be found on two different podcasts: the Turnbuckle Binge and a new podcast called Maddie in Progress. And we will be putting links to those in the show notes for this interview. And Rob, thanks again for coming on, and I will have you on again soon and talk to you on the Discord server where we talk about music. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. (laughs) Great, man. All right. Thanks. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 